I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. A little unexpected. Today is Thursday, March the 31st, 2022. And it's really hard to believe that tomorrow is April 1st. I know. <laughs> yeah, March came in like a lamb, I it believe, did. and today has been thunderstorms pouring rain yeah wind, high high winds yep and then a bit of sunshine a tiny bit of sunshine and then when i was getting ready to leave to come over here it poured again yes yep. so uh, so i'm glad you can't see us because my hair is flatter than flat because it's been wet all day and <laughs> yes I, w I was taking my walk and a I had to put my hood up at yeah. one point and yeah. tuck my camera away. Yep. So anyway, um, my part of my dad's roof blew off. Oh yes, that's yeah. that's too bad. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things that uh, we'll just deal with it when uh, my very nice handyman turns back up. He came in the in the pouring rain and wind and hacked a few things together. Okay, so nothing's getting in on Dad. Not that we can tell so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's the tin, and then there's a piece of um, plywood, and then there's all that insulation Sammy put, and then the ceiling. So I think it'll be a while before it gets all the way in there. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and the the worst part's over the bathroom. So it won't be like he won't wake up in his bed in his bed okay. or anything. That would worry me. Yeah. If that was a possibility. Oh, so. poor dad. <laughs> yeah, well, he's pretty philosophical about it, too. So. But things have been sort of uh, shaping up in Medicine Dan. We've been having events, uh, which is uh, a little bit new to us. We had some, di some dinners and some more coming up. Yeah, after having two years of not having the support team dinner yeah. the ruritans had a breakfast the vfw are back on their spaghetti dinners yeah. so so the things are getting a little back to normal mm -hmm. yep. it feels good yeah i think we're ready for it mm -hmm. and this coming week we will have our um church women's group for yeah. the for the first time and our minister, Jeff Garrison, is going to cook lunch for us. Yeah, that's really nice, and I have to take Dad to the doctor. Oh, you do? Yep, so I won't be there. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, I know, but, it, you know, with work and Dad, I don't often get to do things like that. But oh. I'm sure it'll be a wonderful group, an amazing yeah. group of people. Yes, for well, sure. we'll, we'll try and work it out so you get next month's uh, well we'll see there's not many months you know the season is starting as we mentioned earlier yes <laughs> yes you starting tomorrow you'll be open seven days a yeah week. we're about going back seven days stuff is starting to come in yeah so hopefully we can get the doors open and feel friendly and <laughs> springish pretty soon yes. you know so it will be good well, I think people are anxious to get back up here to Meadows of Dan yeah. and, and back on the Blue Ridge Parkway, though, um, you know, our friend Amy had surgery yep. on her shoulder and hasn't been able to drive and can't for a few more weeks. So I have 
undertaken the job of chauffeuring, of driving Miss Amy. I bet you've been having a blast. <laughs> oh, we just chatted and talked, and you know, I take her down to work, come back home, then I go and pick her up. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, Route 58, after 40 years or something, they're suddenly starting to work on our mountain to make it four lane. It's a four year project, at least. We hope, that's all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel so sorry for anyone who has to do that commute in the next four years. I think it's gonna be rough. I mean, mm-hmm. there's uh, people already talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 one of our friends said he sat and waited 25 minutes. Yes, I think the longest maybe I hit was 20, but they really were just doing a little bit of of work, almost like they were testing the depth of the asphalt on both sides of the oh, road. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think once they really get the heavy equipment and all, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be different. And, mm-hmm. of course, um, we've been seeing the maps of how the new road and the old road are going to go. So part of the time, it might not affect the old road mm-hmm. when they're doing the new road. Mm-hmm. You know, it's but it, it's going to be interesting. I, yes. I, like you say, you feel for anybody. I've been sending you guys um, on my errands that you're down there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, but I do usually. I take Dad to church on Saturdays, and so we'll have to see if they work on Saturdays mm-hmm. because I have. A very short block of time to do it. And if we have to sit somewhere 20 minutes, I can't get him there. Right. This is not going to happen. Right. Because I have somebody hired to look after the shop. Well, but so that's but that's me. Yeah, I know, so, but so, you know, yeah. but <laughs> you just have me come in a little earlier. We'll see. I doubt it. They'll work on Saturdays yeah, for, a for a while. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not too worried about it. We'll just have to see what happens. And he can go earlier with Diane. It's just, it's a long day. Yes. For him. And he is 80. 87. 87. And yep. still wants to go down to church. Yep. Isn't yeah. that cool? Yep. Well, we've got some 90 year olds going to Mayberry. That's true. Yep. Don't miss a Sunday. Oh, I miss more than they do. <laughs> oh, the blizzard and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she dresses to the nines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing my shabby barn coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Yeah. So uh, they, they are quite a lovely couple. Oh, I love Marie and Henry. Yep, for sure. Yes. All right. So uh, what else? You've been seeing wildflowers? Yes. Of course, they change. We put some some pictures up on our last podcast and... But just as they unfold, um, it just warms my heart. It's like seeing old friends again. Absolutely. I was talking to the periwinkles today <laughs> as I was walking along my road. Beautiful yeah. patch of Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you've been busy with um, your mentor mentorship. Yes, yes. <laughs> my, my young student seventh grader and of course here they're still at the elementary school Uh, she'll go down to Stewart to the big high school next year Um, 
But yes, yeah, we really have a good time. She's been in a spelling bee because she won the one at Meadows of Dance. Oh, wonderful. So she had to go down to the county yeah. um, for that. And last evening was a typical evening in a way. We stopped and did photography along the Blue Ridge Parkway with the yes. vistas and yeah. um, talked about light and that kind of thing. And then she told me a great thing that one of her teachers, you know, this is March Madness with the basketball mm -hmm. and how they have their grids and all, or, you know, their betting or whatever you call that, I'm you know, sure. where team... <laughs> yeah. Team one plays team nine, and then it, okay. it gets down, right? So anyway, they their teacher had them do that with poetry. Oh. Yes. And so they each had to pick a poem, and then um, she presented it, and they would vote on, on it. And then it got down to, so competed, you know, to so many each the poems. And so she, my my student, was so excited about that. And cool. it, it just warmed my heart. In fact, she looked up the poems so she could read them to me. And some were by, you know, people I'd never heard, but some, Gwendolyn Brooks and um, poets that, that really are important. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, some were funny, some were tearjerkers, and it was a tearjerker that won seventh really? grade, really? a poem about a dad. Huh. But she told me, she said, you know, so many of the students, like her father is deceased, yeah. and she has a very nice stepfather, but you know, yeah. it's, it's tough. And several of the kids don't have their dads yeah. in their lives. And They're common, I guess. Yes, yeah. yeah. But she was saying that poem won. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you just never know what's going through the mind of yeah. a 13-year-old. Yeah. And it's, it's been very good for me. Oh, I bet. So y'all had sloppy joes last night. Oh, yeah. yeah I cooked. <laughs> I, I cooked for once and yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. so so that's why we're doing Thursday instead of Wednesday this week, right? Yeah, and then last week something happened and we couldn't make it, so but we're here, but we're here, yeah, and we're okay. pretty good on track, I think. Yeah, I think we are. So, uh, let's see, anything else interesting going on? Easter's coming up, that's usually not a huge deal around here, mm. but uh, we have services, and uh, Bluemont's having a sunrise service. Oh, good. I'm not sure. Um, my mother's church usually has one over uh, near the Buffalo, but uh, at Burke's Fort, but I haven't heard whether they are this year hmm. or not. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to West Virginia for Holy Week. Not that I'm going there for Holy Week, right. but that's because where gone, I will yeah. be. Uh, but we'll be at church at Palm Sunday and yeah. Easter. Okay. So we'll be back for those. Very good. All right, so maybe we should talk a little bit about our knitting before we get into our main subject, which is going to astonish everybody that knows the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have a little project. It's a little crochet um, hot pad pot holder that's called Happy Cooking. 
and it's it's just a really bright, cheerful thing on this gloomy day. Uh, she made her sample with a bright green and a bright yellow, and she has a daffodil beside it so that you can tell that that's the colors. It's really pretty. Yeah, it is. Her name is Karen Eshamar, and I'm not sure if it's just her last name, Berkus, or if that was the name of, that may be the name of her website. Uh, she has it in English and Swedish. But she has terminology, the U.S. terminology for crochet, and she made it out of sheep wheels katana, and it's a sport weight. And I assume it's a cotton, because most of the time you would want a cotton for a pot holder. But it's very pretty. It's available for three, and 13 people have done the projects. Um, and she has 15, or there are 15, um, pictures, so I'm sure that um, a lot of people put their pictures up, and it looked like people really enjoyed doing it. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so Happy Cooking by Karen Eshamar Berkos, and I'll put it up on the website uh, with a beautiful picture. Very good. Okay. And so that leads into what we're going to talk about. Yes, well, you did, you had a beautiful quote on your um, Facebook page the other morning. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I thought to myself, that would make a good subject for a podcast. You're right. And it <laughs> did elicit quite a few comments. It did. So yeah. it got some discussion going. Um, I will read the quote, and then I'll read just the few sentences that I always write after right. a quote that I do every morning on my Facebook page. And the quote is by Barbara Kingsolver from her book, Animal Vegetable Miracle, A Year of Food Life. Yeah. Households that have lost the soul of cooking from their routines may not know what they are missing. The song of a stir-fry sizzle, the small talk of clinking measuring spoons, the yeasty scent of rising dough, the painting of flavors onto a pizza before it slides into the oven. And then I wrote, I'm often amazed how frequently cooking and baking memories pop up in my memoir writing classes. For many, this is what makes up their remembrances of the people themselves. Grandma's bread, or Aunt Ida's blackberry pie, or Uncle's Saturday morning waffles, or Mom's porky pie meatballs. And often, their assistance as youngsters in all these endeavors, forming a bond between them, old and young, male and female, is an inspiring part of their growing up. Days of canning and preserving or preparing the Thanksgiving feast or Sunday dinner was a toil of love. I've come to recognize that it is still a firm foundation of friendship, family, and love. The soul of cooking goes deep into the soul itself. 
All right. Well, I don't cook. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, let's say you were in my class and I would say, uh, what is the food memory from oh, your... Oh, yeah. Your... I used to cook. When you live alone, it's really hard to... Oh, I know. ...come up with things. And Dad and I don't like the same things. Right. So it was really hard for me to cook something. And if, you know, and he, he would prefer... Um, heavy fried mashed potatoes and green beans all the time. Right. Cornbread and I would be bigger than this house. Right. If I ate like that. So I can't do that. <laughs> so we do like a fried thing once a week or once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but what is um, a food memory for you? Oh my gosh. Well my mother made the best potato cakes in the world. Oh man, I love potato cakes. Yeah, she did. She and you know, and it was just like leftover potatoes and onions. Mm -hmm. uh, they were so good. That was one of my favorite things. Oh yeah, uh, that she would make, and she made the best bread pudding mm. in the world. Mm. Yeah, uh, she changed that though as she got older. She started adding fancy stuff. <laughs> you know, back back when I was a kid, it was pretty much just eggs and bread. And I'm not sure what else. Maybe a little vanilla. Mm -hmm. And then when we got older, she started, well, because she, she could afford it, um, she started putting raisins and nuts and stuff in. And right. it just wasn't quite the same. Right. You know, and it, it, it was still good. But um, I, when I was really small, it was really something made out of leftovers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, like the, like the uh, potato cakes were. Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't waste a thing. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And, of course, my grandmother, um, one of my grandmothers was a professional cook. That's oh, what she did us. for a living. Tell us. And that was here in Meadows of Dan? No, that was the, uh, in West Virginia. I think we oh, talked that's about right. her before. We, yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she worked for the glass houses. Yeah, glass house in, restaurants. Yeah, West Virginia and um, West Virginia and Indiana. And then her mother ran a boarding house. So oh, she so was basically a professional cook. Yes. Yeah, that's my dad's uh, side. On my mother's side, my grandmother never considered herself more than an adequate cook. Mm -hmm. yeah, but, you know, she was raising kids and had other things as well to do. Right. So, and I bet you've got lots of cooking things. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that you're with a big family. And right. Well... My mother came of age, you know, and raising us in the 50s and 60s. So there were some things she did the old-fashioned way that her mom had taught her. But she also, you know, used some things, you know, like tuna potato chip casserole with cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> you know, that type of Friday night fish dish, you know, or something so it was a combination, yet the next Friday we might have fresh-caught trout that she would fry up and mm -hmm. and have fried potatoes and yeah. onions and whatever with it. So it was varied. Yeah. Well, when my grandmother discovered convenience food, there was no looking back. My mother's mother. Uh-huh. You know, she, she discovered that she didn't have to. Uh, roll out that biscuit dough and 
Right. And she found canned biscuits and uh, SpaghettiOs. She was set. <laughs> yeah. But well, she still cooked a big uh, Sunday dinner. It was the Sunday dinner that was always, yep. yeah, always good. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, for a lot of people, there's even the smells of food or... Uh, you know, a whiff of something reminds them, or as I said in what in my, in my piece there, they associate that memory. Like I, I had an uncle Al, Alfonso Zapata from Mexico, which was very unusual yeah. for a West Virginia girl to have uh, uh, an uncle from Mexico. They lived in Miami, but. Um, he would come up and cook Mexican food for us. Cool. Bring he'd have to bring all the ingredients yeah, up course. to West Virginia, <laughs> you know, at that time. And it was it was a good treat. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So that would that's how I think of Uncle Hal. So there's mm -hmm. just certain and there was always, you know, the uncle who was the barbecue king something you know you might have a fire we had a brick barbecue i don't even know what you called it it wasn't really a pit fire uh, outside though where you yeah, would cook those, those used to be fairly common when uh -huh. I was growing up. it's just a, a brick thing with a grate on it yes and you put the fire underneath the yes grate. yes so i'm not sure what that would be called then yeah yeah uh, but people had them back then. Yeah, yeah. Particularly newer houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but we very seldom ever cooked out. My dad was not a cook, but what he did do was on holidays like the 4th of July or Memorial Day, Labor Day, he would cook eggs outside in a skillet. We'd go to one of those mm -hmm. wayside parks we're out to our camp yeah. once we had it, and that's what he cooked bacon and eggs, just yeah. like he was camping on the Appalachian Trail, which, <laughs> of course, he loved yeah. back in the day. But that, as far as I know, that's the only thing I saw him cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Daddy cooking much of anything, really, at all. He worked all the time, poor fella. But, um, my stepfather, uh, for a while before they'd gotten, you know, a little bit, you know, they're 87 too. He would, on Christmas morning, he would fix breakfast. Oh, nice. With oyster stew. Oh, wow. And it was really good. Wow. And every now and then I still get a craving for that oyster stew. Uh -huh. <laughs> he hasn't made it in several years. But he used to, there was a little store down here in Bethesda mm -hmm. uh, that he could get fresh um Fresh oysters or frozen or oysters instead of canned. Right. And they were, it was really good. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, I would think that would be fairly unusual. Yeah, yeah, it probably was. And I don't yeah. know if it was something that they had done in his family for a long time because, uh, you know, he raised a family in Culpeper. Mm -hmm. And that may have been something that they did up there. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun thing. So we'd have Christmas breakfast rather than. Um, you know, and of course, they his he still had family here, so they would do other things through the day right. with his family. So he 
we'd get ours out of the way and then we'd go do our own thing yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was that was an interesting thing that he did. Oh, <laughs> I like knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so um meals are so much a part of socialization around here. Mm-hmm. As I guess it's that way everywhere. That's when we see people is at these um, community dinners. Mm-hmm. And church suppers. Yeah, and, things like that. And, of course, we, you and I, are so fortunate to have Peter and Kathleen. Oh, yeah. Who have us <laughs> to dinner, you know, once a month or whatever. They really cook. <laughs> and they cook like that every day. Yep. Well, that's I'm in amazing. awe. In <laughs> awe. Well, you know, my cooking... Um, besides helping, you know, yeah. but was always through 4-H projects. Yeah. So you would, you know, you'd take different levels of cooking from the time you were nine up until you left. And I almost, not always, but often took a cooking project for the year. I don't so. remember us, I remember sewing in 4-H. Yes, sewing or and cooking, and I couldn't sew it. So yeah, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't do well, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't remember any cooking. I did take home ed one year, or maybe two years, because a cousin was teaching it, uh, and um, I learned a lot. I mm-hmm. didn't apply it very well. It's not her fault <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't apply. But when um, you know, when I had a partner, we cooked. And yes. We cooked together. Yes, and see that has reignited my cooking. Yeah. Now in these last couple years. Yeah. And now we cook oh a couple nights a week where yeah. we pretty much start with scratch and Yeah. Yeah, pull, pull the grouper out of the freezer. Pull the grouper out of the freezer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was red snapper the other night. Yeah. That was delicious. Yeah, yeah, we used to cook. We used to cook out uh we had a gas grill. And we would cook out there a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we cooked almost every uh, every night, something like that. Yeah, and see, that's that's a bonding. Yeah, that's what Barbara Kingsolver was saying. Yeah, exactly what she was saying. That that it's a soulful dance with each other when you're sure. cooking with people, be it your grandma or your partner. Right. Or, yeah. 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 Well, I think my mother worked, and so she'd get home, and she'd just fix dinner, and she didn't want us in her way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, That's you her. Yeah, because she had to go do the laundry, do whatever else had to be done, so um, she just got it over with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my mom would have us do the cooking if she would, was sewing a project for us that was the deal if she was gonna go sew us you know be it doll clothes or um when we were really young or she made my prom dress Mm -hmm. and so the time she allotted for working on sewing then i had to cook (laughs) yeah yeah and that was you know, not so exciting for my family of seven if I was the cook. But like Sister Kay, that was the first time I ever ate mushrooms like in a sauce or something. Whoa. She got fancy on us. You yeah. Know? That was 
back in those days. Oh, sure. You know? yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't see that kind of thing. No, no, that was... Uh, well, the spices were pretty much salt and pepper. An ancient, ancient, ancient can of nutmeg. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that thing was in that... Uh, up in that cabinet for years so oh, that was used to make a pie or whatever. Maybe some cinnamon. Oh, that's funny because I think we all had that drawer or yeah. shelf, <laughs> yeah. the, the spice shelf with the old McCormick metal. Yeah, um, that's the time. I mean, that thing uh -huh. was ancient. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm... They didn't do much with, uh, uh, country people did, up here didn't do a lot with spices. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, the salt and pepper pretty much. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. In fact, we had a can of the clove, the ground clove, and the sticks. And I have no idea why we had those in the drawers, unless maybe gingerbread. Gingerbread yeah, maybe. or molasses yeah. cookies, maybe something like that. Yeah. Or maybe they got the, the cloves that were whole. Because once a year they'd stick them in a ham at Easter or something or, or like put, that. Or put them on the oranges. We did that. Oh, yes. Stick yeah. them in the orange. I guess that was cloves. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. But yeah. we would put those ground cloves on a toothache. Oh, okay. So it was medicinal. Or with a medicinal <laughs> thing. Yeah, well, we didn't have uh, we didn't have that. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember anything on the toothache. But that's a good memory of the. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the whole thing about food, especially, say, comfort food, Yeah, how that is so different to different people, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's probably mostly those sort of mashed potato, meatloaf, whatever. Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese, that kind of thing. Though it could be fancy food, I guess. Um, but unfortunately at least as we were growing up or even a few years behind us is when all the food issues started coming in. You know, we didn't hear about anorexia or bulimia oh, yeah, so no. much, but a few years after Not us, long after you us. started hearing that. Yeah. And I'm sure people did it back in the day. Yeah. You know, making, in fact, I, I can remember, uh, one of my mother's friends telling us how there was a girl in her dorm in college, and that would have been in the 50s, who always made herself throw up. Hmm. You know, the whole bulimia bit, yeah. but it wasn't called, the, you know, no. it, it wasn't labeled. But that's when food turned into a real issue. Yeah. Well, and, and food addiction is like one of our... Uh, a friend of ours says, um, you can't stop eating. Right. You can stop drinking or stop smoking. Right. You know, and, and try to avoid the temptation, but you've got to eat. Right. And so it's really easy to fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. it's, um, and, and, you know, I have European peasant genes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm never going to, I never was a little person. No, me neither. So, yeah, you and I sort of come from hardy stock. We come from hardy stock. And so, you know, food is um, kind to us. It makes us cushy. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and for me, it is a comfort. There was one time in my life, though, 
that I went to Overeaters Anonymous for yeah. a few months because I just really felt that um, I I was I was eating too much. Mm -hmm. And years later, I took a medication that was prescribed by a doctor because I was always on diet. I, you know, I was always, yeah. you know, that whole lifelong battle. And when I took this medication, it clicked in my brain when I was full. Mm -hmm. And do you know, I never knew that feeling until I was in my early four or late thirties, early forties, yeah. that people actually felt full. Hmm. And so I realized, okay, I really had a food issue, yeah. but I didn't know it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could eat three bowls of ice cream. It well, sounded like a physical issue. Yes. Really. Yeah. As opposed to a mental. Yeah. Yes. But I didn't know that. So I thought it was all in my head. Yeah. And once I realized that, now I now I recognize yeah. when I'm full. But for decades, yeah. I, I've I just, heard other people say that. Uh huh. I I just never got that feel. Maybe on Thanksgiving or sometime <laughs> like yeah. that. Other than that, hmm. no. And now, goodness sakes, I eat just a normal meal. I'm like, oh, I'm so full. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, that might come with getting old. Now we can't eat a lot. Of no, we can't eat like we used to. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> For I, sure. Yeah. Um, my dad drives me crazy because he won't eat a full meal. But he'll leave a little tiny dib that you couldn't do anything with. You know, and he'll put it back in the refrigerator. And so I'll go planning to give him that for a meal at supper, and there will be nothing there but, like, little shreds of things. <laughs> and I remember my mother quarreling when we were kids about leaving little dibs and dabs. <laughs> That's funny. Well, the thing, the way she she fussed is she didn't want it to waste, so she would eat it. Oh, right. You know. Yes. And uh, so that, that was her complaint about it. Because uh -huh. um, she's a tiny little person now, but at one time she was like me. She could hold some weight. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, it's our genetics. You know how we deal with that, uh, my friend Bob and I, we feed it to whatever critters. Yeah, well, I feed it to the chickens. Right, and yeah. now it can go to like your chickens yeah. and or the goats or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not tempted to eat dad's leftovers. Right, but, um, but and that know, helps. It really yeah, does yeah. help. But it's very annoying to to you know I have a plan that I'm going to feed him something. And I open this you know this huge styrofoam box in the restaurant, and there'll be nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why don't you just eat your meal? <laughs> uh, but you know what? That might be a hangover from the depression era. Be. You know, yeah. where you always saved a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Or just, um, he, he, you know, he fills up on cookies. Well. Instead of eating <laughs> his dinner, you know. Oh, well. You sound like a parent. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny how roles get reversed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, do you know, my mom, now that you mention this, sometimes we would have a supper of leftovers. Oh, yeah, we did too. And, um, I mean, we would always eat the leftovers, but sometimes yeah. 
the whole meal was just dibs and dabs yeah. from the wheat. Yeah. And there would be like, okay, there's enough green beans for two of you. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. A, yeah. enough corn for one. Yeah, you know? I know. She hated wasting those little mm-hmm. dibs and dabs. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that uh, food is sort of the center of the world. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, and different cultures. Yeah, yeah, different cultures handle things differently. I'm sure. I was telling a friend the other day about Vegemite. You know, it's it's Australia Marmite. That's British. Yeah, that's it's British. Yeah. The yeast extract that they their kids are raised on, sort of equivalent to how we are with peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And um, except peanut butter is very tasty and it's easy for people to like. It's yeah. it's like you have to grow to like veggie. Mike. I think so. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's a cultural cultural yeah. thing. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, when my British boyfriend was growing up after World War Two, he said the Americans gave him spam. Oh yeah. You know, and so they, that was really the only meat they had for years on end. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was, uh, they were, uh, I think it was well into the 50s that rationing continued. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he, he remembered spam with not very much fondness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, and now you can buy it at Family Dollar, a slice for a dollar and a quarter. I know, I saw that the other day. I was almost tempted to pick it up. Well, I did pick one up, oh, I don't know, a month or two ago. I said, it has been so long. Oh, yeah. And I thought, all right, next time I make French toast. Yep. I can I can cook that up and I'll have it with the well, but and that's a comfort food thing for us. And Mm. grilled cheese sandwiches is one of my favorite things in the world. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I try not to do it very often Mm -hmm. because I could live. My brother made the best grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he did it, but his when we he was a teenager, they were so good. Ah, I think he just used a heck of a lot of butter. Right. Right. Yeah, I make them fairly often. That's easy. And another one for me, and this is also very British, is I will make an omelet for, yeah. for like supper. Yeah, well, uh, I do that a lot. Yeah. I like breakfast for supper. Oh, yeah. And I have all those eggs. You know, right. so, um, so, yeah, I'll scramble up some eggs. And uh, I've kind of broken myself uh, for a while, a long time. I thought if I had eggs, I had to have sausage or bacon. And I have broken myself of that. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, in fact, the last first time I'd had bacon in years was from the uh, the sup the uh, breakfast that the the Ruthans did the other day. Mm. First time I'd had bacon, and I don't know when. Well, I only buy it once a year. I buy a pack when the first red ripe tomatoes come off the vine. <laughs> yeah. I buy a packet of bacon for a BLT. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, good. that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, one day, um, I decided to cook some bacon. It was years ago. I was still living at my uncle's, and my two dogs are like, "What is this wonderful scent?" <laughs> yeah, they were just like melting <laughs> because they had never. I didn't. I don't really eat that much meat. Period. Right. And they, uh, they were like 
just absolutely just, I mean, strands of rule. <laughs> so I had to give them a little, but they were not used to that. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, we used to feed the dogs scraps. Oh, yeah, when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my cousins, uh, they were a little older than me. The dog got sick. And uh, they took him to the vet, and they had to feed him dog food. And so the little boy that he belonged to, mostly belonged to, went out and, I don't know, cut wood for people or mowed yards or did something so that he could buy this dog dog food because people just didn't do that. No. And then everybody um, thought they were, well, those folks are rich. They could feed their dog dog food. They didn't know how hard (laughs) this little boy worked to get the money to feed the dog dog food. Oh, that's a great story. That was a great, and I can't remember which child it was. Oh. It was one of Amy's uncles. Oh, my. And I, and I can't remember if it was Paul or her father, but anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody in the family, or everybody in the community, like, oh, they must be pretty rich. They can feed their dog, dog food. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I remember saving scraps for the dogs. Mm-hmm. They seemed to. Manage. They live, yeah. Oh, no. you know, yeah. They didn't live as long as our dogs did, though. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I have a quote to wrap us up. Is that. Yeah, sound I think good? we probably need to do that unless there's something else fun that you can think of. No, I'm just. I'm hoping maybe people will put some comments on our Facebook yeah. page with a food memory. Yeah. Oh, about- well, I'll tell you one thing. I also have them write in class is a food that, well, basically was ruined for them that they absolutely cannot eat. And I have yet to have someone who doesn't come up with one. I got one. What's yours? Okay. My, Kristen, my, the girl that works for me, her mother, they, mm-hmm. they were from New England. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't known them long, and they invited me to supper one night. And um, they had pea soup. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. What pea soup? Never yes. heard of such a thing. I know. So they, they don't do that down here. Do yeah. So she, she puts this bowl of green liquid with pink things floating around. Uh-huh. I mean, it looked, it looked like it was ham, I guess. Right. So, and I was raised by my grandma. Right. And so, I choked that stuff down. But you didn't like it. Oh, I gave it every chance. I ate that entire bowl. And just as I was sighing in relief, Carol turns and says, Oh, you need and filled the bowl again. Oh, no. <laughs> I gave it every chance. Oh, <laughs> two bowls of that stuff. And I bet you've never eaten it since. Never, ever, ever since. Oh, you know, that's and, you know, and I'm sure it was good. I mean, they scoffed it up. Mm-hmm. They were used to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have it on occasion yeah, when I was growing up. Yeah, well, of course, they made fun of our uh, mushy green beans. Oh, I love mushy green beans. Yeah, but, you know, in the north, yes. the, um, a little crispy. they're al dente or right. whatever. Right, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely the cultural. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're, it's got a lot of different connotations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and some of the foods that I picked that I just throw out there for people to write on, I've uh, 
fish. Fish was one. Yeah. And everybody had a fish store. You yeah. know, I mean that that was easy. Potato is an easy one. Uh, pancakes oh, yeah. is an easy, and you get the best store. Oh sure. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Served pancakes here in Memphis and Ruin Hands for sixty some odd years. Seventy five. I 75, think it's yeah. been longer than point. I've been alive. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and that mm-hmm. always, you know, such a big deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just remember going with my ex-husband to a Mennonite restaurant, Castleman's in Grantsville, Maryland, and they had all-you-could-eat pancakes. Well, he (laughs) ordered, I think, four times. And, I mean, people were coming out, the little ladies in their (laughs) their caps, and they were coming out to see this man who was eating Oh, so many pancakes. Well, I'm pretty sure the people that come in down there eat a lot of pancakes. Oh, I can't eat more than three. Well, that's usually yeah. all I can eat. Yeah. But pancakes fill me up and then I'm hungry about two hours later. Exactly. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. so. That's when you save a few. Yeah, Bob and I have been having uh, blueberry pancakes this winter yeah. with blueberries we picked yeah. and frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's a real treat. Well, this morning for breakfast, I had some um, pumpkin bread that Sarah cut made. And Ooh, I had put nice. in the freezer. Oh, don't that. you love when you do that for yeah. yourself? Yeah, the, that was my last day. Uh, after we're starting seven days a week. So today was my last day to uh, goof off. So I did part of, part of the day I goofed off. Good for you. I'm so glad. <laughs> I made myself a, a real breakfast of sorts. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your quote? All right. This is by uh, someone named Eli Brown, and the book is called Cinnamon and Gunpowder. Mm. And the quote is, Some foods are so comforting, so nourishing of body and soul, that to eat them is to be home again after a long journey. To eat such a meal is to remember that Though the world is full of knives and storms, the body is built for kindness. The angels who know no hunger have never been as satisfied. That's a good one. Isn't that a good one? I like that. Yeah. Oh, just a funny one, then we're done. Carrie Greenwood, who wrote Murder in the Dark, you know, one of these cozies. The quote is, Ice cream was reliable. Young men were not. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess we can wrap it up because Clue is looking at us like, what are you doing? And our show notes can be found at com. We're also on Stitcher Radio and Podbean and iTunes and a lot of other places where you can find podcasts. And so look us up, uh, like Jess says, soundcludespodcast.com. Make some comments and see if we can get a conversation going about good things and food. Okay. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you all. Bye-bye.